Time to talk a little National Basketball Association with Kurt Heelan from Pro Basketball Talk, probasketballtalk.com, part of the NBC Sports Radio family. Of course, you can download the NBC Sports Radio app and listen to 24-7, 365. Uh, Kurt, uh, the, after all the pomp and circumstance of the first and second rounds of the playoffs, I think the matchups that everyone expected before the regular season started are here, and, and your final four is exactly, I think, what most, what many slash most folks would have predicted. But each team got there in a in a uniquely different way. Yeah, exactly. It it is. It's in fact, you know, in the East, it's a it's kind of crazy. It's a rematch of last year's Eastern Conference Finals, but combined, the two teams have nine of the twenty four guys who are on the roster at that point. Like it's been such a strange trip. Um, to get where they are, and to, for Boston in particular, who, you know, hey, count me among them, like, oh, they just don't have the scoring with all these injuries, you can write them off, and they have been phenomenal. So, it's yeah, it really does set up that way, and then in the West, you know, it's, this is the one we've all been looking forward to since, you know, if not before the season, at least since Thanksgiving, when it became clear these were the two best teams in the league. This is, this is our Thanos versus Avengers series that we've been looking for. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to that's good a nice to, one good analysis good way to good way to put that i would i would say um what i'm gonna let you be uh i'm, I'm gonna ask you a question who needs to win game one more in the next series or in, in the eastern conference and western conference finals do the celtics need to win game one more i i or houston like which one needs to get off to the better start I'm going to say Houston, although I think it's if, if the Celtics, because they're home, because they're home, if they lose Game One, it is going to be a challenge. Um, in fact, yeah, you know, I'm going to stick with this. If if Houston loses Game One, then it gets into their, like the storyline gets into their heads. I trust the resilience of the Celtics, their defense, their ability to adjust, their coaching. I'm not that I think there's bad coaching on the other side, but if if the Rockets lose Game One. It's not quite Toronto level meltdown coming from the fan base and some of the, and getting in their own heads, but it's more along those lines where suddenly, for the next four days or three days or whatever it is between games, Chris Paul and, and you know James Harden are going to have to listen to fourteen reporters asking about their you know, are, are, what happens to you when you get to the conference finals? Why are you you know why are you guys so t- all that would just come into their heads that they don't need. They really need. They are at home. They really need to find a way to take game one because if they if they lose game one and they lose home court and we kind of all know where how good the, the Warriors are, I think it just it has the potential to snowball on them. Seems like it does. It seems like it does. Now the other uh, the other thing I noticed yesterday the uh, the NBA coaches uh, thought that Doc Rivers was worthy of a uh, a coach of the year vote, <laughs> and Brad Stevens apparently not worth not worth a thing. Apparently, I this, this is a huge you know, level of I petty jealousy that's been taken to quite a level. I mean, I know it's the coaches, but I mean, I found that hilarious. Yeah, I thought it was odd that nobody actually picked him. I, I will agree with you. I mean, the coaches got. I think the key is like like I have a media vote um, awards vote. And you get three. Like, you get to list your three coaches. By the way, I had Brad on top, but I, it was you get to list three guys. Um, they only got to list one, and so I think a lot of people would have had Stephen second or third. Like, he would have gotten votes, but if you're only picking one, I did find – look, Doc Doc honestly did maybe his best coaching job with the Clippers last year, to be fair. I mean, he, that, I mean, that was a team racked by injuries as badly as anybody in the league. And then they trade Blake Griffin halfway through the season, and they still almost made the playoffs. 
he did a really good job as an X's and O's, just kind of getting them in the right position coach. But uh, I still don't think I would have put him. I, I personally wouldn't have put him that high. Yeah, I uh, I was I just I chuckled about that pretty pretty hard. That was a that was a pretty good one. So at the end of this, you know, wh- whatever happens, uh, whatever happens at, at this point is, is kind of how it happens. I mean, the storylines here, I, I think, are, are pretty easy. Can Can Golden State continue? Can Houston knock them off? Is LeBron going to win? And if LeBron wins, will he stay in Cleveland? If he doesn't win, will that precipitate him to leave? And the Celtics, who's coming back next year for this squad? I mean, they didn't have a lot of players coming back from last year's team, but they're not going to be able to keep everybody. You got Marcus Smart due for free agency, unrestricted free agency after the end of next year. Terry Rozier is going to be uh, in that same boat. Uh, Kyrie Irving's going to be a free agent after next year. So you know that they're going to do some changing to the roster. Uh, what do you... What do you think is, is going to end up being the biggest storyline that comes out of this? Because usually all the stuff that we think about and all the storylines that we put together for the offseason are brought to fruition in, in the conference finals, the NBA finals. The playoffs create those storylines or either hash them out or they go away. Yeah, I think, look, the LeBron future thing is the biggest storyline going into the summer because it's back up in the air and it could, you know, he could, I don't want to say he could land anywhere. I, I, can, I can safely rule out like Memphis or something, but... He's obviously got um, he's got options, and there are 29 teams if he wants to go there that'll create space for him. And so, what does he want? Where does he want to go? Does he want to go somewhere like Philadelphia and form a genuine super team, or does he want to stay in Cleveland, or does he want to go west, or what does he want to do? Um, but the, but if he if he wins that that you're right that if slash when they win this it, like they're, that dynamic changes that that you know he did reach the conference finals, but does he reach the conference finals? If you reach the I'm sorry. If you reach the NBA Finals out of the East, you just get batted around in four or five games by Houston or Santa or Golden State. Frankly, where does that factor into? I mean, I think that it's going to be an that's the dominant storyline of the offseason. But I think, by the way, you touched on something that's kind of under underreported, which is Boston over the next couple of years has some real hard decisions to make roster wise going forward that are that are going to impact them. And I don't think they're letting Kyrie Irving go, but the role players around that group are going to shift and change. Fortunately for them, they can help refill with some of them with the, I don't I lost, I lost track of the exact number. Was it 4,628? I, th- I, I think it's actually 4726, but you were, you were close. I mean, using prices, right rules, Kurt, you did not go over. So you're not disqualified. Okay. So that's, I like it. I mean, that's, that's sort of good there. They, and that's, that's the key to me. Like with this stuff with Rozier, all I'm seeing to him is all I'm seeing is that Terry Rozier is going to be announced at somebody's press conference this off season as a part of a trade. And somebody's going to say, well, this Terry Rozier kid could be our, our point guard of the future so whoever that is and, and i know there's going to have to be sellers that match loves him yeah danny that, that's danny's guy danny you know, he was higher on him than everybody else but there's also this the practicality of it's called sell high yeah, exactly. <laughs> i mean it's exactly sell high exactly you a sell high and b just you, you know at some point at some point you've got to figure out how to keep those the role players around that star core but at the end of the day Keeping the star core together is what wins you championships. Like you, you think back to those like those you know the classic '80s Lakers and Celtics teams, and like we can name off the core, and then the role guys. You know, with the Lakers had Bob McAdoo at the start of the thing, and different, totally different guys at the end of it. Like then I went to Byron Scott. Yes, right. Yeah, and that that's being able to do that is an art form. Like putting in the right guys in those situations, like that. Not every GM pulls that off well. 
I think Ainge will, but you, you forget the role players shift, man, and you've got to keep the core together. Talk with Kurt Heelan, ProBasketballTalk.com. What are the Celtics going to do with Marcus Smart, you know? Any idea? I think they'd like to keep him, but the, the, the market for him is going to, in a, in a, in a wing-deprived league where wings have real value, even, even with his offensive limitations, there are teams looking for wings, looking for wing defense, and the one thing they have an advantage of this summer is it's everybody overspent in 2016. There's not a ton of free agent money. There's not a ton of teams with cash to just go get guys right now. So they have some advantages in terms of the, 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 the bidding isn't as open as it would be some years, but I just you get the feeling somebody's going to come in and come hard at him, and, and it's going to be harder for them to keep him. They want to. Um, but it's just kind of it's going to come down to the numbers, and we'll see. I, um, maybe they maybe they again maybe they look to try a sign and trade. Maybe they try a lot of things, but it becomes hard to just keep those guys. It's going to be yeah. It's just going to be a weird summer because there's a lot of teams that you think of Miami or Washington or, or uh, um, there's a host of teams east and west where they overspent. They're kind of stuck. They look at the power structure and they're like we're behind the eight ball we're not you know we're, we're not in there and they're going to make desperation moves and so guys like Kemba Walker are going to be on the market and it it's going to shift some balances power teams are going to be able to steal some good players his name is Kurt Heelan you can find him at probasketballtalk.com and uh, of course download the NBC Sports Radio app you can listen 24 7 365 Kurt thank you very much hey thanks for having me on thank you that's Kurt Heelan from probasketballtalk.com